guys. Thanks for joining us today. I just wanted to share with you a little part of my story. I was at a university in Wisconsin for two years and felt like I needed to make some changes in my life. So I transferred to this Christian school in Illinois, and I, I didn't know anyone. It was a small school, but it was about the first week on campus when classes were starting and I was in my dorm room and I looked out my window and I saw this guy walking across campus. He was all by himself, nobody else was around, but he had this red and black plaid jacket on, you know, the kind that had like the leather patch on the sleeve. And he had his hair parted to the side and he was carrying a backpack, a green backpack. And I just looked out my window at him and I said, God, that's the type of guy I wanna marry someday. I don't know, he just had that look. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know that was me. And here's the crazy part. This is that jacket, for real. You just don't get rid of something that seals a deal like that, do you? Woo! And it still kind of fits, how about that, huh? All right, all right. Hey, welcome to week two of our relationship series. I'm so glad that you are here, baby. Thank you for helping us with the intro. That was awesome. Who'd have ever thought a jacket could take you that far? Whew, anybody want to borrow it? Just let me know. Just let me know. Oh, man, so excited. Hey, this is an important weekend for us. Uh, in particular, I'm going to speak to those of you that are still in the game for whatever reason that might look like, however old you might be as it relates to relationships and dating and trying to find the person that you would spend the rest of your life with. But it's for all of us because inevitably we're going to have some conversations, aren't we? You've got people that are in your life. I have people in my life that on a split minute's notice, you might find yourself in a conversation where there needs to be some clarity surrounding this whole dating game. And so I want you to be equipped. I want you to be ready to share some truth and to, to encourage some folks with some thoughts that can be helpful. So parents and <clears throat> grandparents, uncles, aunts, friends, take some notes today because this is for all of us. Statisticians tell us that somewhere in the high 90s of those that aren't married want to be married one day. In addition, the vast majority of people in our culture will also be married eventually. But we also have this distinction in this generation that we're living in right now, and that's this. In recorded history, this generation that is living right now is the generation that's taking the longest to, to get married. And there's lots of reasons for that. Perhaps fear of divorce or uh, because of career goals and aspirations, there, there are challenges and issues and decisions that are made about pro, uh, just putting marriage off for a while. And there's confusion around communication. As a matter of fact, those that study communication are saying that one contributing factor is the use of social media to communicate has prevented us from having that face-to-face -face meaningful conversation that's necessary for relationships to grow and cultural norms have radically shifted away from God's principles or God's best and because of that things like the increased use of pornography have had significant impact on relationships and cynicism towards them and then couples choosing to live together postponing marriage is another reason why this is happening and and, and many of these things that we're talking about that are part of this culture are not the way that God intended it he created marriage to be the bedrock on which we build this society. 
Jesus reminded of this in Matthew chapter 19 when he said this in verse 4. Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? They record that from the beginning God made them male and female. And he said this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Can I tell you what I'm highly convinced of? And that's this. First of all, number one, anybody can get a date. Anybody can get a date. I'm also convinced that anybody can get married. I'm convinced that any, as a matter of fact, you could get married this afternoon if you would just lower your standards far enough. I believe that to be true, but that's not the question, is it? That's not the way we want to be living this life. Uh, We want to ask the question, who? Who is right for me, and how do I find the right person, and what criteria is there for someone being the right person? person in my life. But if you don't figure out your criteria for the who, it just becomes a game of chance. What is your criteria? What makes someone a legitimate potential for your who? And this is where we must begin, and that's what I want to talk about today. And if we don't figure this out, then what happens, guys, is we walk into making the second most important decision of our life unprepared. And that's not okay. So I want to remind you that as we started uh, this, this year off, we were in this amazing series where we, where we unpacked over the course of five weeks some really important questions that we need to be asking anytime a decision is to be made. And I think it's highly appropriate that I review those with you today before we go any further because this relates to our, our dating relationships in a big way. First question was, what's the wise thing for me to do? Some of you that are, are in this dating game need to ask yourself the question, what's the wise thing for me to do? Number two, this one's huge in relationships. Am I being honest with myself? Because there's no place that we have the tendency to justify and, and lie to ourselves more than when it relates to these relationships. And then this is for someone here today or someone that's watching online. Is there a tension? Do you feel something in your feeler? Something going on in your gut? Is there a tension that deserves my attention? And then the heart around this message today is that we need to make some pre-decisions. And so one of them is this. What story do you want to tell with your life? Take some time. Think about that. Write about that. Share that with others. And then number five, for all of us in relationships, the fifth question, what does love require of me? And so here's the deal. Unfortunately, there's not a a book of the Bible called Dating with like 10 chapters, like Dating, chapter 10, verse 12. That's not there. But there are all kinds of things in Scripture that lay out principles and things that we need to be aware of surrounding these relationships. It's full of cautionary challenge that helps us to know that the stakes are high. So let me give you an example. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 9 says this. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic, 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 I guess, in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Just go, mmm. Nobody says amen when I read that verse. (laughs) Always drama in her life, always ready to quarrel, predisposed to fight, always have a beef with someone, angry all the time, short fuse. Be careful, be careful. Be careful. Those are warning signs. How about this one? Proverbs 18, 22. A man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. Oh, that was the cue right there. 
And ladies, here's a good one for you. Proverbs 25, 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So you think about the individual that you're in a relationship. Is he, is he a man without self-control? Is this a, a man who can't lead himself, ladies? Is this, does this guy have a temper? Does he have no self-discipline? Does he get angry, have a short fuse? Has he been unfaithful? Be careful, be careful. These are warning signs. So how are we going to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright? Here's what I guarantee you. You don't want to learn how to do this from our culture. Let me give you an example. Anybody here a Texas A&M fan? Okay, all right, good, good. Wait a minute, wait a minute now, wait a minute. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. There's this tradition on the campus of Texas A&M, uh, the, the Friday night before a big home game, and it's called the Midnight Yell Practice. Familiar? Oh, yeah. Uh, thousands, thousands of students come into the stadium, and these, uh, these guys help lead the rest of the people that are there in some cheers to prepare them to cheer in unison during the football game the next day. But it doesn't end there. You see, what happens at a certain point, the lights go down and a cannon goes off and you make out with your girlfriend. Just right there. However, there are some people that don't have a girlfriend, that don't have a boyfriend. So you turn the light of your phone on and people come running. Everyone that doesn't have a date finds somebody and they just start making out. That's the way it happens. Now, some people have found relationship this way and they're married today because of this particular uh, tradition at Texas A&M. We need a little better plan. We need a better plan. You just can't leave this up to random chance. Yet, if we're honest, this is exactly what so many of us do. So in a world where our first move has become Tinder and Bumble and Grinder and Match, like, hey, we need to be careful. Those things can work, but not until you do something first. And that's what I want to talk about. Before you head into the dating scene, meandering your way through with a spirit of hopefulness that something will work out, we need to do something first. And here's where we're going this week. My main thought is this. Dating decisions should be pre-decided. Dating decisions should be pre-decided. Now, let me try and explain. You need to take uh, some of your time to know what your non-negotiables are. Before you start looking, before you head into relationship, you need to know your non-negotiables. And now there's some caution here because one of my concerns is that in our culture, what has become all too familiar is this consumer mentality where everything is about me thinking primarily about what's best for me and me and my and mine. And when you start a relationship with me and my and mine as your primary focus, things are going to get out of whack very quickly. As a matter of fact, Andy Stanley, a pastor in Atlanta, said something that just makes sense. He said this, if you don't want a relationship like the majority of relationships, don't date like a majority of the daters. That just makes sense. So this weekend, here's what I want to do. For everyone here, I want you to take some notes. Because whether it's for you, because you're in the game, or whether it's you because you may be uh, having a moment even this week to help someone that's in the game, I want you to take some notes. And I'm going to give you some dating tips. Dating tip number one. Very critically important. No, another person can't complete you. What do you mean, Doug? Well, this is for all of us. This isn't just for those that are dating. This is for all of us that are in relationships. No individual can complete you. 
A lot of people think that happiness in relationship is finding the right person. And if I just find the right person with the right personality, with the right looks, with the right uh, gifts, with the right bank account, then all of a sudden everything will just work out. Then I'll be happy, I'll be content, and I will be complete. But looking for someone who will complete you or be a perfect fit is largely fruitless. And here's why. Only God can meet the deepest needs and speak to those places where we, the depths of our soul where we have voids in our, heart, in our hearts. And of course, we want our spouses to compliment us and to be a good fit. And clearly, we don't want to marry someone with whom we have no interest and no genuine love, affection, or attraction. But marriage is meant to be a, a wonderful bond in which both spouses are better together than they ever would have been apart. However, most of the time, most of the time, that's not what we're thinking about when we think about soulmates and someone to complete us. So I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Guys, listen, we have to start at the right place. And we need to be reminded that no one will complete us. So instead of expecting someone to complete you, maybe you should ask this question. Is this person helping me to grow in my personal relationship with the Lord? Do I feel comfortable being myself with this person? Am I being honest in this relationship? Is this person challenging me to grow into becoming the best version of who God created me to be? So we need to know and, and, and have this in our minds as we're getting started. No one else can complete you. Only God can complete you. Number two, you need to prioritize finding a person of character. Find a person of character. Again, extremely elusive in our culture today. Keep the most important, the most important, and don't get this out of priority because there will be a day when you need nothing more than your spouse to be a man or a woman of character. It's totally fine to have some things that are preferences, but isn't it interesting how quickly some of those trivial preferences become the primary preferences and we begin to make some sacrifices and justify in some areas where we shouldn't. And sometimes preferences just sneak up on you. And sometimes those preferences are just super shallow, aren't they? I learned that in junior high. <clears throat> so I'd like for you to just go back with me to that very first day of seventh grade, the very first class. And I was sitting in my chair assigned to me by my teacher in alphabetical order with the rest of the students. Of course, you're paying attention to what's going on around you. And we had to kind of go throughout the chairs introducing ourselves. And the teacher also said, would you please just share your birthday? Seemed great. So we were going through the line and there was this young lady that sat in front of me, and her name was Angie McMeekin. Do you know why I remember her? A trivial, a trivial priority became more than trivial to me. She said, my name is Angie McMeekin. My birthday is July 15th. This is how deep I was in seventh grade. I was like smitten. That's all she had to say. So much so that I almost stumbled over my own introduction. My name is Doug Miller. My birthday is July 15th. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, a smart, a smart dude hooks it up with this chick because I'll never forget her birthday, you know? 
we got to be careful because all of a sudden some of these preferences that are very shallow, that's an extreme example. Listen, the reality is I wouldn't want to date anyone that I wouldn't want to marry. And if you choose to do this, trust me, you're playing with trouble. There definitely needs to be chemistry. But listen, what I'm saying is this. If they aren't the kind of person that you would want to spend the rest of your life with, why would you want to spend this season with them? So how do we know? How do we know who the right person could be? Scriptures speak to this. And so, ladies, I want to take you on a little journey with me from Psalm chapter 1. And I want you to follow along with me starting in verse 1. Listen to what scriptures say. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Can I unpack that with you ladies for just a minute? Take a look at that man's friends that you're hanging out with. Who has been the most influential person in his life? Pay close attention to who they go to advice for. How about this one? Who do they desire to emulate with their life? Because there are some signals there, some very important things that you need to be paying attention to. Now look at verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Look at how this man prioritizes his relationship with the Lord. Does he know the word of God? Is this person striving to live like Jesus and for Jesus? What is it that they are most passionate about? And can you see consistency in their walk with the Lord? Why is this so important? Ladies, can I talk to you for a second? You don't want to be his source. Rather, what you want is for him to have the source. That's a game changer. That's a non-negotiable. Verse 3, he is planted like, or he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit. It's important. Those words are important. That yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Because don't you wish, ladies, that every guy you ever dated had a grading scale on his forehead that could somehow tell you where they were at in their walk with Jesus? <laughs> like C minus. Just walk around with C minus on your forehead. D plus, undateable. Now you're in the D's, you're undateable. That's what that means. Don't you wish? Well, we can't, there's no way to take a temperature to know that, but in Galatians chapter five, we're told what the fruit of the Spirit look like. What are the fruit of the Spirit? This is what happens when you stay connected to the Spirit of God. These things naturally just begin to flow out of you. Does that guy you're interested in, does he exemplify love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? This is the temperature gauge. This is the grading scale. So gentlemen, now it's your turn. Let me give you a couple of examples. Powerful passage of scripture in Proverbs chapter 31. As a matter of fact, in my Bible, this next section is titled, A Wife of Noble Character. Let me read verses uh, the first uh, 10, 11, and 12. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. One. I got one amen there. I got one Amen. Ladies, elbows, please, right now, the one next to you. Verse 11, her husband can trust her. 
and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. This is powerful. Is this person that you are with, is this person trustworthy? As a matter of fact, my dad, I have all these Walter Millerisms, and you've heard me say some of these things before, but he used to tell me we were, when I was young, and I had no idea what he was talking about. He would say this, Doug, he said, listen to me, Doug, you've got to find a woman that will help you find yourself, not one that wants you to lose yourself. I'd be like, okay. The guy don't know what you're talking about. I'm just looking for somebody hot, dad. And he's like, no, listen to me, listen to me. You need to find someone that will help you find yourself, not a woman that wants you to lose yourself. Boy, that's an amazing thing when you really unpack it. What does it look like for Beth as my wife to help me become the best version of who I am? And that is her primary objective in in our relationship. That's powerful. Okay, let's keep going. Let's look at verse 26 now. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Well, just what is that all about? Well, like think about the words that are coming out of this person that you're with's mouth. And are they words that are wise? And are they tempered with a spirit of kindness? Is this person not lazy? Now, this is is big. This is big. Uh, Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. (sighs) Young ladies, listen to me. Beauty doesn't last forever on the outside, but there's a different kind of beauty that comes from the inside that changes the outside. And when you're passionate about your relationship with the Lord, the Bible tells us this, your eyes are the window to your soul. And gentlemen, listen to me, you must pay attention to this. The other day I I read something at the doctor's office. I took a picture of it. It was hanging on a wall and I sent it to my daughter, Megan. It was this quote, it says this, you can take no credit for beauty at 16, but if you're beautiful at 60, it will be your own soul's doing. Oof. So we need to know that another person can't complete us and we need to prioritize finding a person of character. And I know, I know, listen, I know what you're thinking right now. Some of you that are still in the game, you're like, bro, Miller, seriously, you've been out of the game a while, bro. Like for real. And you're right. And I'm very grateful. Uh, And you might be thinking right now, what you're talking about is like one in a million. It seems like a needle in a haystack. How in the world am I ever going to find that person? It seems impossible. I'm glad you're asking that question, which leads us to tip number three. And I've talked about this before. If you want to find that person, here's what you need to do. This is the game changer. Are you ready? This will change everything. Ready? Be the person. The person you're looking for is looking for. Woo! Tweetable. That's good stuff right there. You need to be the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. Not too long ago, I was following this, this guy on, on, uh, on uh, social media. He would share some of his life experiences, and there's this young, young man who's an entrepreneur, and 
made millions of dollars in his late 20s. He was already a millionaire, and he got to be 30. And one of the things that he had communicated was he got to this point where he was feeling lonely about life, and he wasn't in relationship yet, and all these other things were moving at such fast pace. But he just couldn't find, uh, he just wasn't looking, and he just was, he hadn't prioritized relationships, and he was sensing that he needed to do that. So in a very smart way, much like what we're talking about today, he took some time and he wrote down all of the things that were priority to him in relationship with a young lady. And he got all done, and he was proud of his document. The next day, he picked his document up, and he read it over again, and he was mortified. And do you know why he was mortified? Because he realized that that young lady that he had just described on this piece of paper would never be interested in him. So could it be? I walk on thin ice. The reason you haven't found the person you're looking for is because you aren't being the person the person you're looking for is looking for. So be that person and watch what happens. There's a horribly flawed idea that is very common in our culture today. And we think that when we meet the right person, we walk down a aisle and everything's just going to be magical. And so we think to ourselves, boy, I don't have to work on practicing patience because when I meet the right person, they will be so great, I will never be annoyed. (laughs) That's what we think. Or how about this one? I don't need to practice forgiveness because when I finally meet the right person and we walk down the magical aisle, that person will be so awesome that they will never wrong me and I will never need to forgive them. This is so distorted in the way that we think that's not true. But instead, let me challenge you today to be the person, to be the person the person you're looking for is looking for. When I was a student pastor, which I still am at heart in so many ways, I used to challenge the students when we would talk about relationships. Here's here's how you can do this thing well. I said, listen, you just get focused on Jesus and you get your eyes squarely fixed on the cross, and you run hard after things of God, and you run hard after the heart of God, and you run as fast as you can, and you look around, and you find that hot girl, you find that hot guy that's keeping up with you, and you grab their hand, and you keep running. And there's some truth to that. And I think if we want to find that person, that we need to be the person the person you're looking for is looking for. And I know dating is part of this evaluative process to determine if this person is someone that I want to chase hard after God with for the rest of my life. That's part of it. So these tips are important. Tip number four, write this down. Set boundaries before you begin dating. And it's vital that we do this before we start dating. Put some things off limits so that you begin to set yourself up, building your relationship in the right place. And this is an extremely, extremely important decision. And when you totally understand the importance of the second most important decision in your life, then you tend to work a little bit harder to protect it with the level of passion that it truly deserves. Don't just let this happen inadvertently. Man, you've got to focus in on this and you set those boundaries. Guys, this is really all about the laws of the harvest. Paul said this in Galatians chapter 6, don't be misled. 
You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will have everlasting life from the Spirit. So dating decisions should be pre-decided. Set those boundaries before you begin. And then listen, tip number five, and I could go all day with tips, but tip number five is an important one because when emotions get in and the heart is fluttering, see, it gets too easy to do this. So tip number five, don't compromise on the non-negotiables. Don't compromise. Again, Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Perhaps some of you, you might be more familiar with this passage of Scripture in the King James Version that says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so you want to make sure that you share the same values as this person that you're dating and don't compromise on the non-negotiables. Can you guys welcome Joe and Melody to the stage? And uh, Joe and Mel, thank you. I need your help today. And so we want to start with something kind of simple to explain this unequally yoked thing. So thank you for helping. I want to share with you guys in a moment of honesty one of Beth and I's first big disagreements. Okay? And I want you guys to illustrate what, what, what we were dealing with here. It was the first Christmas that we had together. And we came from very different paradigms. You see, we had always had a fake tree at my house. <laughs> and of course, Beth is all about ambiance and odoriferous trees that drop their needles on our floor. <laughs> and so we had a disagreement about this. And uh, it took us a little while to negotiate. Could you guys illustrate to me what would happen? So Joe, you be me in this situation. And you want a fake tree, you're on your way to to go to Hobby Lobby, and Mel, you on a real tree, you're on your way to the mountains. See, this is what happens. And I know that's silly, right? But you see the tension here. And if they pull long enough, you know what happens with this one. So, Joe, will you help illustrate what I obviously did? Yeah, yeah. So we went and we got a real tree, right? This is important now. You know, I know we're laughing now, and this is funny, but... Uh, truth be told, this is, this is what's going to happen. And I know this is a little thing. This is a little thing, right? Do you guys think I was smart? Oh, yeah. Guys are like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, but here's what happens. That's a little deal, but sometimes it's a big deal. Sometimes it's a really big deal. So will you guys illustrate to me? And, and this time, Joe, I need you to be the bad guy here. And you want her to move in with you, and you're ready to begin intimate relationship with her before you're married. I want you to head this way. And Mel, you don't want to. You don't want to because you want to save yourself for marriage. So can you guys illustrate this tension now? It's tension, right? Right? So depending on who it is and who's strongest, now Joe really wants this to happen. So keep pulling. And eventually you see what happens. This is not going to be fun. This is not going to be good. And there's tension. It's going to hurt. And sometimes, sometimes in our relationships, we get dragged somewhere that we don't want to go. Make sense? Okay. Now we want to illustrate this. And this time, you're going to be the good guy. Okay? You okay to be the good guy? Let's say, let's just hypothetically say, Joe, you're in this place where you're like, you know, I really want to pursue things of God. And Mel, you say, no, not me. 
I don't want that. So let's illustrate again the tension that can be created. And you're trying to head towards the Lord, and you're holding to go the other way. And see, this tension hurts. And if you can see their wrists, you see right here, this is starting to hurt, isn't it? This is not fun. Okay, you can stop. Can you thank them? It's awesome. You guys can sit down. I don't have the key. (laughs) I don't have the key. But next week, to fully illustrate the power of unequally yoked, we're just going to have the video crew follow them all week. Won't that be awesome? Be crazy. No, I'm just kidding. But listen, guys, listen to me. It's not fun to be dragged somewhere that you don't want to go. And it's also not fun to be dragged away from something that you are passionate about. And that's why scriptures are so clear to us when they talk about the importance of being uh, yoked together in the things that matter most. And that's why, guys, we don't compromise. We don't compromise on the non-negotiables. Because what will happen is it's going to cause tension and it will be painful. And either you get pulled somewhere that you want, don't want to go, or perhaps you'll get pulled uh, in a way and it's going to slow you both down, or the pain will get so great, you know what you want to do? Throw in the towel. And that's not what God wants for for your life. As a matter of fact, A.W. Tozer wrote this often quoted uh, words, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I have a sensitive heart today, guys, because I realize that for some of you that are here or someone that's watching online, you, you really are fully connecting with what I'm talking about today, but you're lonely. You're lonely in your heart. And you know what it feels like. And, 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 and this is a difficult thing that we talk about today. It's not simple, and I'm not trying to oversimplify, and I'm not trying to um, somehow brush past the realities of what are so challenging challenging things in our culture today. Listen, I want you to just think about this for a second. If you're in a relationship or you're heading into a relationship, I just want you to ask yourself this question. Why would Doug talk about these things? Is it because I want your life to be horrible and ruin your life? Man, I want you to hear my heart today. No, no, no. I want you to have something beautiful that God created for you to experience. But the place where we started is the place where we need to end today. That if you don't want to have relationships like everyone else in our world has them, then you don't date like everyone else around you. And in these dating decisions, man, we we make some pre-decisions to protect ourselves. Because when the heart starts fluttering and we start to feel those connections, trust me, that's the wrong time to try and figure it out. So figure it out before that happens. And I understand, and I've talked to many that are single, and the loneliness of singleness can be absolutely brutal. But don't compromise and don't trade what we're talking about to only one day find yourself equally as lonely laying in a king-sized bed next to the person that you chose to marry. You don't want that. So we need our hearts to be right. We need our minds to be right. And we need to pre-decide before we start heading into these dating relationships. Can you stand to your feet? It has to start somewhere. And we understand that really what this is about is our starting in a place of pursuit of God. So will you bow your heads with me for just a second? 
Father, we come before you today, and I know this, is, this can be a challenging topic. This can be something that creates all kinds of emotions and thoughts, and I know there are some that are here that are in the middle of big decisions, and some are in dating relationships, and some are praying for dating relationships, and some are feeling the reality of what we talked about today in terms of the loneliness, and we, we need to know where to start. Where do we start? And so, Lord, I just ask today that you will bring us to that place where where we begin is in this passionate pursuit of you, where where our first focus, where our first passion is on our walk with you, our relationship with you, and chasing after the heart of God and the things of God. And that, Lord, when we do that, then all of a sudden there will become clarity in a different kind of way. Lord, I pray for those today that are in a relationship that they just know is not right that you will give them courage, even though it's gonna be hard, give them courage to follow your lead. And Lord, will you give each of us that are here today opportunity to speak to those that are still in the game, still in the hunt, still dating, that we would be used by you, maybe even this week, to share some of this truth that we've talked about today that could be so helpful and prevent someone from walking inadvertently and without thought into the second most important decision that they would ever make with their life. And maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to accept Jesus with your life. Listen, without him, we make a mess of things quickly. And if that's you and you wanna do some things in a different kind of way, will you put your eyes on Jesus, get your eyes on the cross? Will you say yes to him today? Simply just pray this prayer, Lord, I need you. Because I know I can make a mess of life. I have, and I need your help. I wanna do things differently. I wanna have relationships in a way that honors you. I want to have a relationship that helps me to become the man or woman that you've called me to be. Will you forgive me? Will you give me strength to navigate these uncharted waters in a way that I could sense and know that the Spirit of God is at work in me? Lord, I pray for all of us that are in relationships that we will take to heart what we've talked about today and become very passionate about being the person that the other person is looking for. We need your help. So with our eyes fixed squarely on you, Lord, our heart today is that we choose to worship. We choose to put our heart and our mind fixed on you so that everything else fades. And in doing that, Lord, will you honor the desires that you've put in our heart to have the relationships that you've created us to experience. It's in your name we pray.